Good day, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Whenever you're listening to us, we are so excited that you're here. You found the Christians Engaged podcast. This was something I never thought I would do, guys, but we couldn't write enough articles and get enough curriculum and classes out, so we had to start producing a podcast, but I've actually loved it. I've loved it, I've loved it, I've loved it. And we've also started a book club last year. Those of you who follow us on social media, and we have a monthly book club. And this month, in this coming month, it is Not On My Watch by Elizabeth Johnston, activist mommy. I am so excited. I have followed Elizabeth for a long time. I met her here in Dallas years ago when she was speaking at a Dallas Eagle Forum event. And I followed her work. Um, She led a solemn assembly in New York City. Um, when New York State decided to, you know, legalize abortion till the baby comes out, right? I mean, crazy stuff. And she has been a leader in the pro-family, pro-life movement for years and years. She's an activist, a blogger, a speaker, best-selling author, and also is going to be at our Wake Up Conference in September, our national Wake Up Conference. Elizabeth, thanks for joining us today. Bunny, it's a pleasure. I love you and love everything that you work on and stand for. So this is a joy today. Oh, I feel like you're my sister from another mother, right? (laughs) Uh, It's just so great to see you on video. And I can't wait to hang out with you in September. We're going to have a blast. I love our conference because we're bringing people across denominational lines together. You know, people, some people have never met each other. Some people are like, uh, you know, Dr. Robert Jeffers, Eric Metaxas. Uh, Will Ford and Matt Lockett, you know, I mean, these people, you know, shouldn't be together, but we're all going to come together and it's going to be exciting. And so we're so glad you're going to be with us. Thank you. And why not bring all those people together? I mean, who who can't agree on faith, family and freedom? These are principles that that we all agree on, uh, regardless of whatever other minor disagreements we have. Exactly. Well, John Zamirek from the stream will be with us as well. And so he'll probably screw everything up for everybody. But anyway, we love John. Um, OK, let's talk about I want to get into your book and why you wrote the book and then all your other books. You've got other little books called Little Lives Matter, which are children books talking about the pro-life movement and issue but start us at the beginning Elizabeth Um, how many kids do you have what does your life look like and what got you into activism I have 10 children Uh, I have homeschooled them for 20 years they have been uh, my my obsession and uh, have just never wanted to really be away from my kids. I brought them in the world to be with them. And so I considered it a tremendous honor that I have been able to educate them. Um, I have, I, the first uh, 20 years of my um, motherhood did not do a massive amount of activism or ministry because I really believe in not losing your children to ministry and not getting so focused on ministry endeavors actually lose the hearts of your children. And so that's always been my message to mothers of young children is to be very careful. Uh, My philosophy was if I can't do it with my kids, I pretty much can't do it. So um, I have had them under under my wings a lot uh, over the last 
15 years and only in the last five years have been more active in, in culture. And uh, what got me off of uh, the sidelines was pretty much two things. Number one, when Kim Davis in Kentucky, the clerk in Kentucky was not allowed to exercise her religious liberty and her conscience and not uh, be, uh, and she was being forced to sign the, um, the marriage license of um, two, two men um, to one another. And she believed that marriage was between a man and a woman and they put her in jail with shackles on her, um, on her ankles and her wrists. Um, I was quite alarmed. I was quite alarmed that that was the nation that I was raising my children in. And uh, I led a group of individuals to Kentucky to stand with her. And that was when I began to see uh, as, as people, you know, kind of followed my leadership there to Kentucky, that I might not be able to run from some of the leadership skills that were there and that God may, you know, need to use me and, 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 um, not only, discipling my children, but also leading others as well. And then when the whole transgender bathroom directive thing happened and Obama said that, you know, 200 pound men who claimed they were females were going to be in the locker rooms, uh, shower rooms, dressing rooms, bathrooms of our daughters. I just said, you know, I'm done. This is ridiculous. <laughs> not on my watch, not on my watch. <laughs> filmed my first video and the rest is history. I mean, a hundred million video views later, lo and behold, there was a hunger for a bold and biblical answer to these social and moral issues. There are a lot of political commentators out there. That's just not really what I do. My focus is the social and moral issues, uh, primarily the pro-life issue. Um, and I've, I've raised all, all of my children on the front lines of abortion clinics. All 10 of them grew up since they were babies going out and praying uh, and offering help and hope. They've watched mommy save babies. They've watched mommy have, you know, baby shower for a woman who chose life when that child would have otherwise been slaughtered. They've watched mommy pay the rents of women in need who needed uh, help with their rent in order to choose life. And these things have been life-changing for my children. They are who they are today because uh, of of what they have witnessed on the front lines. So just a little bit of my backstory. It's a beautiful story. And, you know, I always say to people when I'm speaking, I do not want to be on the front porch of my East Texas home that I'm going to have one day bass fishing and telling my kids and grandkids, you know, I was not there in the fights right. that we're seeing in our nation. And it's so important that we get a backbone and be bold and courageous in this hour to step out and Elizabeth, you know, I mean, I've been in politics for 16 years, working for elected officials and government officials, um, ran for Congress myself. And now God's sending me back in the church to go, guys, where have you been on the front lines? How can we pull you right. into the fight? Um, and right. that doesn't mean that we abandon the gospel or the presentation no. of the gospel. It just means that we make the gospel come alive in every area of our life and we become Christ followers wherever we go. And you've lived that out. And I'm so thankful for you as a courageous leader, which is our series we're doing right now. So talk to us about, okay, Teen Vogue. Tell us of that story. <laughs> and then I want to hear about the solemn assembly that you led in sure. New York too. Yeah. A few years ago, we learned that Teen Vogue, a fashion magazine for young people, was teaching young people how to sodomize one another, believe it or not. And um, I just uh, could not fathom this. And so 
we launched Operation Pull Teen Vogue. I was one mom, you know, no, no big organization or anything and filmed a video and it went viral, probably got 16 million views. And uh, I asked parents to get Teen Vogue removed from their stores, libraries, gas stations, and they did it. <laughs> they, they started going and complaining. And I was ruthlessly mocked. Oh my gosh, the things I was called, the things that were said about me on social media, on Twitter, because I was not okay with young people learning from a fashion magazine, how to sodomize one another of all things, um, were just incredible. But, um, I, I did not fear their faces as it says in Jeremiah. And I kept pushing and, uh, I was called a Nazi book burner and, and, you know, uh, blonde Hitler and <laughs> some fun things. And five months later, Teen Vogue, a publication that is owned by a massive corporation uh, named Condé Nast uh, that has been in print as long as I was a little girl, printed their last print edition. We gave them a black eye as parents, as ordinary parents that they could not recover from. And so it was a beautiful uh, example of how one voice can make such a difference. It does not need to be a voice that has a large following. One ordinary mom and dad or grandma, grandpa can make a huge difference in culture if we're just willing to put up with a little bit of, um, you know, name calling and, and maybe cancel culture. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing story. And we're seeing, I know you're seeing it as we are, parents rising up all over this nation saying, you know, we're going to run for school board. We're going to be, uh, make sure our school board members are accountable and our principals are accountable. And it's such an incredible day. We just got through Texas elections and won so many races here Whoa. in local communities from Tarrant County to Fort Bend County. It is amazing to see people rise up and our part is to activate people and give them the practical education they need to do that. So also um, great moment in history we are at with hopefully Roe gone soon. Talk to us about your fight in the pro-life movement and specifically such an incredible inspiring event you did in New York City the solemn assembly. I watched it online. We had a worship leader here from gateway church in Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, that wrote a song for that gathering. Um, yes. so tell us about that just as an example of some of the things that you've done and walked on the water girl to do amazing. Uh, yeah. Talk about stepping out in faith. Um, <laughs> when Cuomo signed the radical infanticide legislation and the feminists cheered in the chamber, <laughs> cheered as infanticide was passed all the way through 40 weeks and they lit the World Trade Center up pink. Um, they really overplayed their hand and they honestly, they woke a sleeping giant because the church was pretty much asleep on the issue. And they went so extreme that the church woke up and it was obvious to me that the church was, was awake and wanting an outlet to do something to get off of the sidelines on this issue, but they didn't know what they could do. And I, I mean, my emails and my DMs were just exploding when this happened and people were begging for an outlet. They were begging for a way to make a difference. And I didn't see any of the big groups that, you know, pull in millions of dollars a year, the family groups, the life groups. I didn't see anything being organized. I was like, oh, surely somebody's going to do something, you know? And I, there was just nothing happening. I mean, oftentimes people use these things as a way to build their email list. But other than that, that's about all they do. Right. I mean, 
I'm not okay with using babies as political footballs or using babies as um, babies being slaughtered, I should say, as a means for just building your organization. And so I said, well, I'm going to put some feet to this thing and I'm going to step out of this boat without any money, uh, without any big team. And I'm going to see what God will do through an ordinary mom like me. And um, I can remember the fear, you know, the fear of failure that I had to fight in that moment. And I'm fighting it right now as I'm about to launch something again and uh, press through. And we organized the day of mourning. And the day of mourning was a Joel 2 solemn assembly, rend our hearts, not our garments. The only solution is that we get our hearts right with God and repent for our sins and ask the Lord to heal our land. And uh, that is what we did. And as, as media started picking it up one by one, um, you know, money started coming in and there was only enough money to do the next thing. And we only had three weeks, Bunny. And in three weeks, uh, we sold out of our venue probably three or four times and we're scrambling for overflow spaces in that venue in Albany, New York, upstate New York, Amazing. interestingly enough, where Charles Finney's revivals began so many years ago. And 40,000 were watching via live stream all at the same time. If you were watching via live stream and you saw that number on your computer, um, you saw that that was the kind of hunger that there was to be anywhere near this solemn assembly where we wore black, we fasted and prayed, and we got on our faces before God, no personalities, no egos, and repented for our sins and cried out to God to have mercy. And we warned our nation uh, that if we did not repent, that we would be judged. And a year later, a plague hit our shores. And, uh, and you know, we, I believe, you know, God has been dealing with us over the last couple of years. He's been dealing uh, with us over trusting in a man and trusting in, in a person instead of trusting in him. Yes. It says, heal our lamb. It says, not if we elect a certain president, our land will be healed, even though I believe in voting. It says, if we will humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, then he will forgive our sins and heal our land. And I believe the rebuke of the Lord was on the 2020 um, election for the way we kind of got caught up in, in trusting in a man. And so um, anyway, it was a powerful time. And um, I, the, the comments and the messages and emails that came in from all over the country, including Dallas, actually, a lot of the comments came from Dallas, uh, just saying they had never been a part of anything so powerful. And we tapped into something. Um, and I've paid quite a price for that, that moment and that event in my own personal life as well, because um, all the forces of hell will try to stop a person who is engaged in leading God's people in repentance and prayer and deep intercession for our nation. Uh, that's a real hot button in hell. <laughs> so um, it is. I'm, I'm not, yeah, you know it. Yes. You know it, sister. Well, girl, let's talk about this connection between, um, you know, I hate to even use the word political activity uh, or political action, but, you know, politics as we define in our on-ramp to civic engagement seminar is is just who gets what when and how right yeah. so we're always lobbying people our kids are lobbying us on where they want to go to eat after church right so we have to engage in politics and government or government will you know it's going to impact us it's going to impact our families our churches and we didn't see that any clearer than during COVID but yeah. You know, the reality is the gospel is preeminent, right? And so there's always this struggle between people like, we got to preach the gospel only. And then you've got the political activity people that are like, 
we've got to save the government and that's it. You bring it so clearly together um, that we have to have both. And that's our heart with Christians Engaged as well. We want unbelievers to hear the gospel. We want to be those people that carry the gospel, but we also want to find the awakening church and plug them into engaging with government. So how do we do both, Elizabeth? How do you run that line in your own life? Well, thank you uh, for the compliment. I do not claim to have it figured out. I feel like I'm honestly still wrestling with that balance. It is difficult. Um, But Daniel Webster said, bad politicians are sent to Washington by good people who don't vote. (laughs) And so, you know, if you want freedom to worship, if you want the sanctity of human life upheld, you have to earn it by voting and by being engaged. Um, As it says in Proverbs, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in authority, the people mourn, they groan. And, you know, that's what sent us to upstate New York to mourn over the over the ultimately the the election of Cuomo that caused this um, outrageously evil infanticide legislation. And so um, we, we certainly cannot gripe and complain about the loss of liberty, the loss of religious freedom, if we are not engaged and if we are not willing to, to at the minimum, guys, voting is just the bare minimum. There's so much more to do than that. Um, we have no excuse if, if we can't just, just go get engaged and vote. And so um, to me, it's a no brainer. I'm, I'm not quite sure how people wrestle with, with, with that. Um, but then, you know, God puts, I believe, particular calls and mantles on certain individuals, and it doesn't look the same for all of us. And some he's going to call more into the political sphere, sphere and others he is not. There are some who, you know what your heart burns to do, you know what you're passionate about. Maybe you need to be running for the school board or city council. Maybe you need to just go get behind the microphone at city council and talk about how you're not okay with kids being taught pornographic sex education in the public schools at taxpayer expense. Maybe God is calling you to the abortion clinic, to the front lines, or to the crisis pregnancy center to volunteer. My thing is, whatever is burning in your heart, just do it and be faithful. Be faithful. Uh, he will he will help you do something small first. He will help you slay a, a bear and a giant. And then you are going to be shocked by what he may give you to do after that if you'll be faithful day in and day out. It's an amazing story. And thank you for being courageous, um, Elizabeth, to walk that because it is hard. Um, but we all know it's worth it because we can see lives transformed. We can see hearts changed. And one of the joys of my life has been being able to walk as the the strong, confident behind elected officials and and members of Congress and to be able to give them the word and give them, uh, you know, encouragement in their destiny to stand strong. And and that's how we disciple the nation. Right. One person at one heart at a time, whether that's an elected official or that's, you know, someone at our laundromat in our neighborhood. You know, God's called us to reach all people. So. Talk to us about um, your book then. This book, uh, Not On My Watch. I want to encourage everybody to get this. I know it's a few years old, but it never gets old because what you carry, Elizabeth, is not only a passion, but really, I hate to use this word because it gets overused, but anointing in this space that people need to to cling to and understand. Mm -hmm. And 
and we have trailblazers and pioneers and people that go out there and, you know, break open the the fields, right, for us to go and follow. And I want to hold yeah. you out as an example, and I know you're. this is embarrassing you, but hold you out as an example <laughs> of someone that people can be inspired by. And you think, I'm just a mom, I'm just a wife, I'm just this or that, but you can go out and do things. Why did you write this book and then also talk about your children's books, too, on the life issue? Yeah, Not On My Watch is just filled with inspirational stories um, of opportunities that I have had to stand strong, uh, to stand in the gap. You know, the Lord wants Esther's to stand in the gap. She saved a whole people group because of her boldness, because of her willingness to risk and, um, and, and put out a big ask. <laughs> um, Moses was an intercessor that stood in the gap for the children of Israel. And the Bible says that God is searching. He is searching for a man or a woman who will stand in the gap for him, who has a pure heart for him. And uh, so Not On My Watch is just a, a, a book of stories of moments in my life when I did that. Also, we just talk about the nation as a general, the principles that we are seeing coming down um, the pike, the Marxist principles that we are, are fighting and that we are so against, and how to fight them effectively, and how to fight against fear, fear of man, fear of failure, uh, these are some of the things that that are in the book, um, not on my watch. And then Little Lives Matter is a beautifully illustrated children's book that I did in partnership with Brave Books. And if you subscribe to their book, uh, it's kind of like a book club, book subscription, you get a new book, a new children's book for your kids, your nieces, nephews, grandchildren every month it comes to your door. And just so well done on different topics that are important to families, um, whether it's the topic of life, my my book is on the sanctity of life, little lives matter, or the topic of um, CRT. One of the months is CRT. One is second amendment. Um, many different, different topics, um, freedom of speech in these books. It's a different topic every month and just such a well done project. I'm so proud of that. Your, um, your listeners can go to bravebooks.com, bravebooks.com to get little lives matter. It's so good. We have to train our kids on all these topics that they're not learning any other way. And I know that's your heart, even in homeschooling. What are you seeing yeah. out there as a homeschooling mom that's probably in the been in the trenches of that movement for years? There's also awakening going on when it comes to school choice and yeah. parents waking up that they better get their kids out of public education um, ASAP. What are you seeing in that front? Wow, COVID just increased the numbers on homeschooling um, in such a powerful way. Like, what? We didn't expect <laughs> that to happen. So that turned out to kind of um, knock a couple of the devil's teeth out, I think. So that's excellent. Anytime we have um, children leaving the uh, grip of the government um, schools that are indoctrinating them in all things wrong, <laughs> um, evil is called good and good is called evil. Uh, that's always a win. Um, we are seeing so much destructive messaging in the schools on social media. We have TikTokers uh, celebrating their abortions on social media, um, actually throwing fits and temper tantrums on, on social media that they are no longer going to be able to just have casual sex and hook up 
uh, with their partners anymore because Roe v. Wade might be overturned. Um, the, the pornographic sex education available to our children on Snapchat and all of these social media uh, platforms is, is so very dangerous. So I cannot express to parents how important it is. I cannot express enough how important it is that they be aware of what's going on um, in their children's lives, on their kids' devices, whatever that looks like. If it's Covenant Eyes, um, if it's uh, Gab, I partner with Gab to sell their safe uh, technology for kids, watches, phones, where your children don't have social media on their phones and they don't have internet on their phones, but they have the ability to call and text and, you know, enjoy um, th their, their friends or, or reach you as their parents or grandparents, but you have some safety there. Um, so those are just some of the things that I, I do as a parent and that I want to share with other parents that are options with you, but just don't have your head in the sand. Don't, don't just sit there and think that everything's okay. Most likely actually it's not Yes. get involved, have those intimate conversations with your kids and, uh, and, and just care a little more. Well, I was passionate about Christian education 20 years ago, and now it's like mm. there is no way I would ever put my kids in a government-run school at this point. So, and I just found out I'm going to be a grandma. So, Grammy Bunny. Oh. I know. Congratulations, Bunny. I know. We're so excited. So, I'm lobbying for Grammy Bunny. I talked about that in the episode before, oh. but... Um, okay, one last question. Um, how do people find you? Because you put out articles all the time. Uh, is it elizabethjohnston.org? Elizabethjohnston.org. Um, that's awesome. So you guys connect with Elizabeth, get on her email list, follow her on social media. She's got a lot, a lot more followers than me. Now, last question before we get off. How do you manage the stress? Okay, let me find, let me find you my, some of my favorite things. The place of prayer, prayer rooms in my city, one of my favorite things, those of you who know me. Sunflower seeds, one of my favorite things. And LaCroix sparkling water, multiple flavors. I really don't like this one. I really like orange and lime and lemon. But anyway, those are three of my stress relievers, okay. Elizabeth. As you being on the front lines, what is one of your stress relievers, friend? Well, this is kind of intimate, but snuggling in very closely to the Lord in the secret place. Um, I highly encourage you to grab a, a soft blanket and snuggle in and wrap yourself up in it and let him hold you. Mm. Um, he wants that kind of intimacy with us and we don't always have to be talking. In fact, we probably do well to not be talking so much in his presence and to let him hold us and comfort us and strengthen and sustain us in those moments. I've been doing a lot of that recently um, as the Lord is asking me in, in some sense to be a bit of a bull in the earth and a bull in culture. It's more important than ever that I be a calf in his presence and be very, very tenderly held in his presence so that I emanate his presence when I go out into the different cultural wars. Um, and soaking music, Christian soaking music, um, that, you know, worship leaders create, I find to be wonderful to keep going 24 seven, all the time in my room, in the background, as I'm working, even as I'm on, um, business and ministry phone calls, I keep it down low and it is just this constant, um, 
invitation for the presence in, in my room as I'm working, highly encourage that. I mean, if you're going to get so practical as to show me your sunflowers, I'll just give you the practical of what, what I do uh, to keep the, the stress down. So good. Uh, those- yeah, I remember <laughs> the day I turned off Fox News as a political consultant and I turned it off and talk radio and I started putting worship music behind me and the world changed as I knew it. So it's an amazing, um, you were definitely my sister from another mother. So, hey, you guys need to come to our Wake Up Conference September 23rd and 24th in Dallas-Fort Worth. Elizabeth's going to yeah. be with us. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to do breakout sessions on Saturday morning as well. We're going to have a blast. So check that out at our website at christiansengage.org. Check out Elizabeth at elizabethjohnston.org. And we will see you soon. Thanks, Elizabeth. Bye, Bonnie. God bless you. Thank you.